pretty good. That was, that was, uh, that was casual. That I, was th hilarious. I bet that looks so kind on the waveform. <laughs> I bet that that's a friendly uh, little hill that it created. <laughs> Honestly, that's by nice. the way, guys, that might be a good idea. I don't know if you can see your waveform as it's generating, but that might it might be a good idea to keep an eye on that just in case. Yeah, it, okay. it looks pretty. We're doing okay. Delightful. <laughs> okay. Good call, though. Good call. <laughs> All right. Kyle, you look like you're preparing for something. Like you're about I to am. yell at us. <laughs> I am. Kyle's about to yell at us for not keeping weed out of his church. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like he's about to sing, uh, what is it, Romans 13, 19? <laughs> <laughs> or 16, 19, maybe? <sighs> well... You want to kick us off? Yeah, there, I guess boss? I should kick us off. Kind of want a beverage. You want to? I have Miller Lite and red wine. <laughs> Miller Lite and red wine. Those are. That's not really my bag. I right say now, mix so them I'll... together. Make something special. <laughs> <laughs> I might grab water here in a minute. Um, well, water is three ninety nine. I'll grab a Miller. <laughs> um, <laughs> now you can have water. All right, we good to go? Everybody feeling yeah. good? Yeah. All right. <sighs> Hello, and welcome <laughs> to Kino Clash. I've taken a bit of a break from introducing as of late. I had a bit of a bad run on the plate a couple weeks ago. You feeling better now? I'm, I'm back. I'm a little rejuvenated. You know, I've taken a month off. Uh, I don't know if I'm feeling good, but I'm here, baby. We're ready to, we're ready to throw down in today's episode... My 13 seed V for Vendetta versus Brendan's 4 seed Hell or High Water. Uh, I think this is going to be a good one, personally. Because uh, I think both these movies kick so much fucking ass. Um, yeah, surprisingly, in hindsight for me, this has been a better matchup than I would have expected. This is like a they thematically. Uh, they're, uh, yeah, they're like more joined. thematically similar than I expected. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the person the the person who introduced us was Kyle. I'm Pastor Kyle. Pastor Kyle. Father yeah, Kyle. Pastor Kyle. Vicar Kyle. Reverend Kyle. Um, <laughs> the person speaking now, who picked Hell or High Water, is me, Brendan. Deacon Ryan I, speaking. Yes, <laughs> and <laughs> disciple Alex. <laughs> Alex is the cute altar boy. <laughs> <laughs> with the tight package, of course. <laughs> with, the, with the tight little package. Um, it's only fitting. <laughs> and with that in place, let's read that description, baby. So, <sighs> people should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. In a world in which Great Britain has become a fascist state, a masked vigilante known only as V conducts guerrilla warfare against the oppressive British government. When V rescues a young woman from the secret police, he finds in her an ally with whom he can continue his fight to free the people of Britain. That is a dog shit. <laughs> That's so bad. The that idea is... that he finds in her an ally is also hilarious. <laughs> no, no, that that might have been the worst description we've ever read. Like that, no, that misses. It wasn't no, that it wasn't bad. that bad. It, it got the point across. Oh, I think, but it's I, it bad. doesn't characterize. I mean, I guess it shouldn't, but it really doesn't characterize uh, V uh, correctly at all. 
It, it doesn't really capture how epic and how much like him I want to be, so... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's none of that. That's that's my issue, if anything. Um, Alright, with that being said, uh, I... I kind of want to look for another. I, I, whatever, we'll just roll with it. Bad description does not describe that movie. Kyle, da- Kyle, give us give now? us a beat by beat. Tell us the story of V for Vendetta, just like just All like right, you like to. <laughs> <laughs> and I and Kyle, right, so I, listen, I promise I won't say a word. You won't have to worry about me interrupting you. <laughs> I at won't all. have to worry. Uh, basically. There's this no. guy named V, <laughs> and he overthrows the British government. Now, Alex, now Alex, don't interrupt him. Yeah, don't be rude. Don't be rude. I'm very quick at this. Um, that being said, uh, let's get into let's get into those first thoughts. Who's going first? Who who was this? Anybody's first sign? Uh, first time seeing this? I don't no, think, I think so. So I we think can't we've all it. can't do it like that. Uh, it was probably what I think, Alex. You don't. You'd only seen it once before. I'd only seen it once. I saw Alex. It you'd only seen it once. I think I'd seen it twice before. I'm pretty sure you fell asleep the second time. If I'm being honest with you, but I hey. mean, am I the only person who watches it every November? <laughs> Maybe. I think I am because I Dude, I, 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 te- I text that to Kyle every fifth of November. <laughs> every fifth of November. I mean, honestly, I don't even watch it every November. It's probably been four years since I'd seen it last. Um, well, then I'll kick us off as the most seasoned it, watcher. The resident expert. <laughs> I'm a resident of V for Vendetta. I pitched a 10 here. I live in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so V for Vendetta. It is a, um, it's a movie. You can watch it. It's got a great cast. <laughs> Let's start off with that. It's got a great cast. Strong cast. Uh, we've got Princess Amadala, right? That's it. Lord Elrond. Lord Agent Amadala. Smith. Agent Smith. Oh. Lord Elrond, asshole. Lord Elrond. No one likes Star of the Rings. Smith. Wait, hold on. Well, who was his character in Mortal Instruments? Because that's that's what I know him from. <laughs> um, <laughs> Listen, I watched that movie in theaters. <laughs> uh, anyway. You got a you got a great stacked cast. Oh, Red Skull! Red Skull, the first guy, not the second time. That's a different. Oh, guy. not the second. Time. Jane Foster. Jane Foster. Jane Foster. Absolutely. Jane Foster. Yeah. Um, Need to appeal to our Marvel fans here. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Undeniably so. Um. So, this is a movie that has a lot of commentary that I enjoy the spirit of. I think that its execution is so over the top it dances around the it line rocks. of parody um at times i think that the performances given by all the cast are great i i i i have no problem with any of the performances and i really like what um oh my god i had his name what is his name what is the detective no agent smith what is his name hugo weaving hugo weaving, hugo weaving. I kept wanting to say Irvin Kirshner, and I, I was like, that's not that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I really like what he does with this character and how like sort of moody and uh, meditative and, and strange he is. Um, and there's a lot of moments that feel oddly yet perfectly warm. Um, however, the action in this movie, I think legitimately sucks ass. I think it's awful. 
I hate the action in this movie. It's so bad. Um, there's like problems in the action scenes with the special effects, which we can get into later. I just, I hate them. I hate them so much. They're so bad. I wish that they were as, I wish they weren't as heightened as the rest of the movie. I wish that the action scenes were the one stripe of, of gritty realism uh, instead of becoming almost like farcical of a Paul Verhoeven movie. Um, but other than that, I like the movie. I don't hate this movie. So I'll leave it at that. A, a great... Okay. Nah. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I have a more positive viewpoint of this movie than Brendan. I I don't think it's a necessarily great movie, but I really like this movie. It's so freaking cool. And like Ryan said, V is just daddy, and I want to be V so bad. <laughs> I didn't He's... say this. <laughs> <laughs> you did right, be- right before we started recording. Um, I did. He's just yeah, yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> no, you said. Oh my god, choke me, V Daddy. Slap oh. me with them leather gloves. Well, when you put it like that, I remember. But <laughs> I want to keep it more PG. No, but this movie's so cool. I, I think the other top over the topness makes this movie more fun. I didn't want a gritty, realistic take on this like it is like you said the it's commentary on government and fascism and all that is super cartoony but like that just makes it more entertaining and it makes all the fireworks bombastic explosions of clock towers even more satisfying so for that reason i think this movie is is just such a good time i love hugo weaving his portrayal of this character is so dynamic for someone who you don't see his face at all he gives so much through just his voice and does he actually perform as v or is that a uh someone else i think it's actually i think it's someone else oh i don't know but i think it's someone else it doesn't look like hugo weaving (laughs) it doesn't look like him it looks it it looks like a 27 year old man (laughs) yeah well, either way, his voice carries the performance great. Um, and Princess Amidala is great in this movie. Um, yeah. I mean, all the side characters don't do anything for me. They're equally cartoony, but serve the story well enough. But yeah, I love watching this movie. It's, it's super rewatchable. Yeah. And for me, I, I watched this in high school and. I, it, it connected to me more than I would say, um, and there were things I certainly looked past then. But overall, I really enjoyed watching this. Um, the the over the top nature and it, it it just had such a unique personality that I feel like a lot of superhero movies just don't go for anymore. And so that was really refreshing. It's kind of a similar thing to to push. Um, I think this is better than push, but. It's just when you see a movie, yeah, sorry. <laughs> when you see a movie that like actually has a personality, given the just absolute smorgasbord of mediocrity we kind of get now, um, it, it's it's refreshing. So I enjoyed watching this. Um, the the action sequences, I agree. The the choreography wasn't great. It had a lot of cool ideas and and locations, but the the execution was a bit poor. Um, However, I, I, I thought the message was, like, enough to keep me involved and 
uh, they did a lot of visual representations of the kind of themes they were going for. So I thought it overall it was it was really well presented and uh, really entertaining. A lot of good special effects outside of the fight scenes too. Um, I liked all the characters as well. So yeah, and um, you love Daddy V. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's been sending applications into Anonymous ever since he saw this in high school because he just wants to get one of those cool masks. Well, Kyle sees it in my igloo. I have just dozens of variations on the Guy Fox mask hanging around for a few Well, and, and Kyle is so dedicated to the movie that he's actually decided to look like Guy Fox, grew out his hair and grew the goatee and everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I knew this was V-Week, so I said, let's get it going, baby. Straightened his hair, uh, too. <laughs> it looks really nice. Is that a keratin treatment or a uh, hot iron? <laughs> I think stitching the Guy Fox mask straight to the outline of your face was a little much, but to each their own. It's making me nauseous sitting here next to him, but I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> uh, all right. This one's going to be a bit of a long intro, gang, so just hold on. It is a thing. So. <laughs> I would, I, I, I would love for your intro to your number 13 to be longer than your intro to your number, like, three. <laughs> yeah, three's the highest I've had. Uh, I, did a, I did a good monologue on Copperfield. I don't think I'll be living up to that this time. Um, so I mentioned this last time uh, at the end of our recording, but this movie's quite special to me. Uh I would equate it to what Tron Legacy is to Brendan, um, as in I now I don't have it at my number two, um, but you know this is this is the movie that got me into movies. Um, it was my favorite movie for many years, uh, and every time I come back to it. Uh, in the past few years, I'm always sitting there, and I'm always going, like, God, I hope this isn't lame. Like, you know, I hope it holds up. Uh, and you know what? Every time I go into it, it's so fucking badass, okay? This movie kicks so much goddamn ass, and I am so happy that it's on my list. Um, I, uh, I, got a, I got a good bit of notes for this one. I'll just say... Uh, to start, you know, the symbolism, uh, you know, and what you were kind of talking about, Brendan, how heavy-handed it is. Uh, well, yes, I obviously agree, because how could you not? This is also a movie about the importance of symbols. So, like, it, it serves. It is supposed... You can't... It's... Like, the, the idea I was thinking about it is, like, if... And I'm not even saying you were necessarily complaining about it. I'm just saying, like, if someone were to be like, wow... Lacking subtlety, are we? It'd be like, yeah, that'd be like if you take a bite of an apple and you're like, wow, apple, why don't you just tell me you're an apple next time? And you're like, well, that's the fucking point. Because it's a goddamn apple. This movie's about symbols. <laughs> this movie's an apple. Very... <laughs> this movie's a fucking apple, man. Um, what do you call it? Yeah, no, there's, there's so much I want to talk about today. Um, I think to start, I want to talk about uh, what Ryan just said, um, because I would not consider this a superhero movie. I wouldn't either. Um, okay, interesting. It is, Alex? It is. I think I would, but 
not yeah i think i would it is a it's a it's a comic book movie undeniably it's based on a comic mm-hmm. but uh i mean we don't call red a superhero movie even though it's got bruce willis in it um <laughs> <laughs> you know like i don't know like it, it doesn't i don't think it's trying to be that it it has this narrative about like a masked vigilante but i think that's kind of selling it short because it doesn't i don't know it doesn't feel like it features super heroics you know i he's mean not my, called a my thinking he's not called it, a hero even he's like the terrorist yeah my my thinking on it is I, I think it's a detective drama more than anything else i think that's the thread that we follow through most of the stories trying to figure out what's happening and what's happened um but also, yeah, I mean, like, you know, you complained about the action sequences uh, for off the jump, Brendan, and I can't even sit here. And I mean, the the last action sequence <laughs> is the only thing that's keeping this movie from being so much higher. On yeah, it's it's pretty rough. It's it's so bad. It's 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 un it's undefendable. Yeah, the last bad. action was- sequence is a slow motion fight, which already yeah. great job, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> Two, he's literally just running by people who aren't moving, <laughs> cutting their throats. They did this stupid little effect where they have like a, a, they have tracer, yeah, like a tracer on the, on the knife, but it's digitally put in and it's just tracking the knife itself. And because this is filmed in slow yeah. motion and not a real fight. You can see, like, when his hand is just kind of sitting there for a moment, and then the tracing, like, line gets jagged, and it's like, oh, come on. This looks so lame. Also, when he slits their throat, it erupts into so much blood. (laughs) And that's... uh, See, the thing about... Because I... That's the only action sequence that I'm, like, is legitimately bad. I think the other ones can hold their own to a greater extent. The other ones are better. Um... But that's a yeah, hell of a taste one, to leave in someone's mouth, that last one. It is. No, and then no, when he no, takes I, off the I'm trash can lid and he's time. like, oh, I was hit. And it's like, dude, why'd you even put that on? <laughs> <laughs> I Either way. Um, Did you call his, like, body armor a trash it was, can? It was a trash can. <laughs> it's not a trash can lid. It's clearly body armor. Like, it's a metal plate fitted to him. Oh, I thought it looked like a trash can. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, there's, like, ab marks and everything in it. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, I actually, I to get to later, I like the ending of that sequence. It's literally just the action scene I can't stand. Um, where were we before that? Where were we? You were saying it was undeniable that the action scenes hold the movie back. I was, but before that, even. Um, You're talking about what was great about the movie. You were saying... This is great. This is great. Undeniably, the action scenes hold it back. But, I imagine there was a but. We were talking about... Uh, no, now I remember. We were talking about if it's a superhero movie or mm. not. Um, yeah. No. I I would say, yeah. I, it doesn't... Like, I think there is a formula. Well, there's clearly a formula that Marvel has for what a superhero movie is. But even greater than that, you know... the hero's journey. If we look at the DC movies as well that are coming out, and even I'm going to say the Nolan trilogy and the Spider-Man trilogy, uh, Raimi's, um, there is defining characteristics of a superhero movie that I think this lacks. Um, like an origin story? 
It's got an origin story. What are you talking about? No, I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, I think it follows in a less. Uh, it's not followed in the same way as a lot of the other superhero movies, but it has all the same elements. If you ask me, really? Yeah. Oh, it it has all of the same elements. I just think that it's what it's trying to do is completely different, and what oh yeah. and yeah, and, yeah, and like what doubt, Kyle yeah. said, like those elements of a superhero story are also elements of a of a you know a crime thriller where you're given the origin of the criminal you're given you know all of those things are found in other genres and i feel like this movie is trying to break into those other genres more than it is trying to ascribe to a superhero movie especially because it's like i don't know i know it i know we're calling him daddy v right now but you don't have to like v at the end of this movie because he's not like <laughs> he's not a clean character okay that's an interesting question because i fucking love v at the end of this movie and i love it are you are you not uh too sold on him i mean i i i i think that he has a great goal i think that he's kind of a, a sociopath but like I mean, I, I, Kyle, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a creative writing, you know, major. So I approach literature and media with a more nuanced eye and ear. So I don't hitch my wagon per se to any character. I would, if your question is, would I, (laughs) would I let my child marry V? No, no. (laughs) <laughs> would i vote for v in the next election potentially but let me hear his five-year plan um, i will say this was the first time going back to this movie that i did kind of like think about it more and i was like i thought about the natalie portman torture scene yeah <laughs> that whole sequence cool guy like, Oh, no, that's an insanely fucked up thing to do to another person. <laughs> like, I'd never, I'd never given, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just because the music is swelling and, you know, they're putting <laughs> V in a very positive light almost, like just the way the framing of the shot works when she's coming out and she's hyperventilating and she's yelling at him, you tortured me. <laughs> and like going through it. I don't know, never, always before I was just kind of sitting there like, uh, well, yeah. Ah, I suck mean. it up, <laughs> yeah. baby. Look how strong you are now. Look how strong you are. But this time around, I don't know. I was really listening to Natalie Portman's speech, and it's like, oh no, that. Yeah, you, you, you broke him. You traumatized you, you her. You killed permanently. Natalie Portman. Yeah, she's not going to be able to see a black bob on the street without <laughs> hyperventilating. <laughs> yeah. No. uh... Uh, we kind of talked about the the torture scene. I did not like that scene. No, I, I hate that. That's my least favorite part of I the movie. I thought it's so predictable, and uh, I also don't understand. Well, that plays into a bigger issue of how he acquires these resources to, to get this stuff done, and like, so that wasn't the mental facility, right? That was a replica of a mental facility that he yeah. built into his basement. Yeah, for that one reason. <laughs> well, <laughs> my my answer to you on that one is uh, he's a crazy person. 
That would be. I don't know. That'd be, that'd be crazy like if, people do crazy things. Be like if I got super rich and rebuilt the hospital I was born with. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I disagree. I like, think it. I can do it, but <laughs> I think it'd be more similar to if you were in the Holocaust and then got really rich after and said, "I'm going to build my my bunk cell again," and it's like, you know, well, clearly that guy's got some things he needs to work through still. Um, it's just it, it's just weird. There was a lot of. Like importance put on uh, the development of Natalie Portman there, and the whole, the whole time I was just thinking like, how and why <laughs> is this happening? Yeah, um, but I mean, the, the man was clearly mega traumatized, like burned alive and tortured and chemically experimented on from that facility. Yeah. Like for those reasons, I can kind of see a justification for him. Like I'm going to build it and overcome it. I don't know, but. That's what no. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He's a fucking crazy. He person, said. He right? said. I'm like, gonna build this, and then I'm going to. In, I'm gonna impart trauma onto someone else in the same cell. To to. Oh, I don't that think. I, I don't think it. that was his original See, goal. I think it was probably he had it for himself. Oh no, he absolutely. Like, he was probably. Well, he'd probably go in there and like. It's just Like, have but also you can down. justify it as like. He's like I am the man i am because of this facility so maybe i can turn her into this cool person like me through the same reasons <laughs> like i maybe can see I can him justifying it for perfect girl for wonky reasons like in that. my in my mental <laughs> asylum cell <laughs> make her look like uh, ripley I mean, like, from alien 3 really just go <laughs> logistics logistics aside i mean did you because i had forgotten that sequence happened but and like I forgot there was a reveal and stuff because I had seen this before, but I forgot about that portion. And as soon oh. as he was like, as soon as he grabbed her from the backyard of the guy and like was in there, I was like, "That's V." Like that's clearly his voice. <laughs> well, also, yeah, you, you guys can have... see there's red beneath the mask when he grabs her. Like, like the eyes are red. So I mean, was that totally predictable to you guys as well? When I watched it the first time, uh, now granted, I was a youngster. Um, no, it caught me completely off guard. Uh, I uh, this last time I watched it, I knew that it was him, obviously because I'd seen him before. But I didn't catch that it was his voice. No, this last viewing, I don't know why I was thinking this, but I took it like he got someone to kind of impersonate a torturer or whatever. I didn't put it together that it was him himself. So I guess it wasn't completely obvious to me, even though I knew he was behind <laughs> all of it. There's also the question of who shaved her head. Was it some burnt, disfigured person? And she's like, that's normal. It's the barber. <laughs> well, there were all sorts of... Uh... She was in a well-lit room when she was getting her head shaped. Yeah, it's like, did he did he hire people to live in his basement to also help with it? Like, that, that whole portion of the movie is just like, uh, okay, that's... I don't know. I, well, yeah, it's like... I look it, past it because I like the bigger picture. It's like the... It's, that, it's the, it's the most, so like, dubious, morally speaking, part of the movie. And then it's also, like, I don't know, like you've brought up, Ryan. It raises a lot of questions. <laughs> it's logistically infeasible. <laughs> and you, and like, you go, is the, was this scene <laughs> worth it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't... Because, so, I'll agree. It's not... It's definitely a lesser part. But I am a big fan of hearing, uh, oh, what's her name? Is it, it's not Rose. Uh, I can't remember her name, but the uh, the cellmate's story. And I, I do like that sequence quite a bit of uh, watching Natalie Portman, like, struggle to reach for these things and read them under the door. Um, 
Yeah. It, it was a good vessel for more exposition and world building. I definitely didn't mind that. So is your guys' problem just execution? Or? I'd say so, yeah. And it also didn't have much of a payoff for me. Like, I, I don't... <laughs> Like, I don't know what Natalie Portman really did with her new powers besides pull a lever, and he could have done that with, like, a timer. <laughs> so, I, uh, yeah, I, th- I, I thought it was, like, like I thought it was a little, I thought it was a little, like, needlessly cruel of a thing to do to Natalie yeah. Portman's character. <laughs> by, by V, who, up until then, it's like, we don't have that much of a, re- of a reason to, like, question or dislike. I mean, he's a very violent, unhinged person, but, you know, I mean, I'm not breaking a sweat when he kills some cops um it's a movie well i i i so at least to the first part of this you know i mean he delivers his reason why he thinks it's sane and she's like she literally asks him like why did you do this to me and she said and he goes oh well you said you wanted to live without fear so now you can do that (laughs) um so like you know again crazy person yeah, he's he's accomplished his task. He's done a good thing in his mind. Um, as to the the broader story, I think it's because you need that final bit of dialogue where V goes, you know, I'm not supposed to be the one to pull this lever. I'm going to die with the old world, and we need someone of the new world in order to make this decision. Um, and you need Natalie Portman's transformation in order to achieve that. Thematically, sure, yeah. It it ties everything together, but I, I don't know. It's just, well, that's the thing where it's like that point felt a little controlled. To, to me, I I I would have appreciated that, like, quite literally forced transformation, uh, for uh, Natalie Portman's character. If the rest of the movie gave us a <laughs> gave us more of a reason to like be on edge about V. Because, like, that's what I was talking about, having the violence be a little bit grittier and a little bit harder to watch, is that, well, then we, like, we can really, like, feel the violence of this character in a way that both justifies that moment and, like, the halfway mark, as well as, like, making us not entirely feel great about him. <laughs> Um, like when you think about something like American animals and the way they show like the one violent scene of that movie, I'm not saying that I want an entire movie full of those violent scenes, but something like that. I mean, I know that the style of this movie is garish in a way that I even enjoy. Um, it, it, it just like, <laughs> then you just have this moment where like a woman is tortured <laughs> quite no, viciously I'll, I'll in the middle of the movie. <laughs> Cause like, like I said, I, up to this point, I'd never thought twice about yeah, it. Yeah, like... I still thought V was completely in the right. Yeah, like, yeah, that's clearly. probably a problem if you make a movie that is geared towards teenage boys and it paints, uh, <laughs> a, a, like, torturing a woman as, eh, means to an end, right? Like, she's happier now. <laughs> Look at how cool she is. <laughs> she's gonna be the next V. That's, like, dope. I wish that were me. <laughs> yeah, that that was one of my notes. Gaslighting equals good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't think that's gaslighting so much as that is uh... Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, Stockholm syndrome, blunt force trauma. Yeah. Uh, you know. Gaslighting is a bit more of a, a nuanced art. A bit more nuanced than just uh, beating someone into submission. Um. Oh, what do you call it? 
Um, what uh, were your guys' feelings on the detective storyline of this? I liked it. Yeah, I, I liked it too. I thought it was a good like mirror. And like I said earlier, it, it kind of allowed you from their perspective to see the cracks in the system that they're a part of. Um, and as they're kind of finding out that they can maybe piece together who this guy is, they're still reaching red tape and people being like, no, you can't have that information. You're going to lose your job. You're going to lose everything if you pursue this, uh, this, this research. Um, and so that was, that was like a nice flaw to see, um, how, how, how V's mission, um, was kind of intertwining with theirs. Um, so yeah, they, they were a really effective I guess, mirror or dichotomy to be. I liked how it was a, like a teach a man how to fish kind of thing instead of him just like really just trying to force these detectives to be on his side. He was more so like leaving the breadcrumbs out for them to sort of transition to to his side on like turning against their government naturally, kind of discovering the, cra- like, like Ryan said, the cracks in the system. Um, so in that aspect, I thought that was like, just kind of like shows you like V's plan was a little more sophisticated than just let me just bomb a bunch of places. It was like, I'm going to get the the crowd, the public on my side with these televised uh, live streams and whatever. And then I'm also going to get the people inside the system on my side in a different approach. And he was just kind of like targeting everyone and, and, and going about it in different ways. Yeah, no, I, um, I think that the strongest aspect for it, like to... Of that like section of the movie for me is that it's probably the most nuanced part and that it's a it's like a slow burn whereas everything else in this movie is kind of all gas no brakes and moves quickly like even the stuff with like convincing the public it's like i'm gonna send everybody a mask and then a child is killed and then everyone you know uh <laughs> where it's like you know that moves at a pace but it's much quicker and it's like thing happened thing happened thing happened whereas the detective story i liked how it kind of showed how the society itself like sort of the ineffectiveness of this like fascist society that it would inherently radicalize people against it just when they're trying to do their regular job that they're supposed to be doing (laughs) no i i mean yeah obviously uh i think it's probably my favorite aspect of this movie um i think same honestly I uh I love I I don't know the actor who plays the detective, but I think he just absolutely kills it as being just you know kind of kind of stoic and just you know I, I I think he starts out I don't know where, about y'all, but I think he starts out as not like I don't think this is like a oh I'm I've learned I'm working for the empire kind of situation, but I think it's a he's just kind of gotten to this job because he's good at his job. And yeah. he doesn't. He doesn't really care one way or the other about the party, but then he he says he's been like a loyal member for what fifteen years. Yeah, or yeah, something. yeah. So like it's like you don't you don't think. I don't know. I buy that he's proud of where he's gotten to. And, yeah, and so he's willing to look past some of the flaws initially, but when he realizes it's impacting the work that he's doing to directly help them, mm-hmm. but in trying to help them, he's hurting them because he's exposing their lies. It's like. I thought that was really interesting um, that he was so devoted, um, you know, regardless of the, the flaws that, that made him 
more interesting to watch as he kind of pieced things together for himself and, and kind of changed his mind about things. And that's the other big one for me. I love every sequence that has him piecing things together and just listening to his narration of how things work. Like when he talks to his uh, his partner and he puts up the little uh, cone of silence device and he's like... You know, he, Book light. He, huh? The book light. The book light. <laughs> I had one of those. That were, it folded out just like that. I was like, oh, I remember having one of those. Prop department um, worked but, real hard on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow you put red highlighter on my book <laughs> but uh no just when he's sitting there and like you know you see the the like genuine concern on his face at just asking the question yeah what if our government did this you know um and that's when things start to unravel so no i I, th- I think, yeah, most of my favorite scenes, in the, like, my favorite scene is probably uh, the domino scene. Which, again, you know, oh, wow, all the dominoes are falling into place, and this <laughs> psychopath is setting up a bunch of dominoes. <laughs> um, but, again, I fucking love it. That's badass symbolism. We're there for it, baby. Um, but, yeah, no, yeah, I and love And a psychopath who spends the time putting down 50,000 dominoes in the shape of his logo is the same psychopath who would build a one-to-one replica <laughs> of the hospital that he was torturing. I also love a psychopath who makes his own logo. You know, that's that's something special. <laughs> really market marketing opportunities for this one. He yeah. said, what looks awesome? Uh, <laughs> what can I make with fireworks that looks really sweet? <laughs> a V. Oh, and that works because I'm so vengeful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, that my was... favorite part of the movie is when he looks at Creedy at the end and he says, "My name is V for Vengeance," yeah. <laughs> and then <he> cracks his <laughs> neck. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. No, that the the whole sequence. I like the Domino sequence as well. Um, just the idea that uh, he's portraying and executing these acts of violence. And letting the public come to their own conclusions alongside the detective, I thought that was really compelling. Like you're just kind of watching the world change with each step. Because although on paper it's bad to do these things, people are like, "Well, why is he doing them?" You know, um, it's making people think. And I thought that was really interesting, just watching the the public eye change, uh, especially through the lens of like a little girl sitting with her family. It's like mm-hmm. they're lying. Like they're clearly lying. Like how are they getting away with this? That it was all really interesting. Um, no, I, I love that line he uses in that scene, too. He's talking to his partner. He's like, I saw, I, I think it's essentially like, I saw everything that has happened, and I felt like I saw everything that's going to be. Because he's talking about when he's at Lark Hill, the detention center, during that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the movie shows you exactly how the movie ends during that scene. What's it say? He's like, it, it was just a feeling. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I like that, too. No, just like. Yeah, his his whole storyline is just so fucking cool. Um, Got major yeah, uh, No uh, Country for Old Men vibes off that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I honestly kind of. Yeah, no, I, I'm <laughs> not. I'm not. Like that's he, not a not. I I like both movies, but no, definitely like yeah. the vibe of 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 uh, uh, not James Earl Jones. What the. What is the guy? Tom, Tommy Lee Tommy Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones in that movie. What that a like different a movie if moment. that's James Earl Jones as Tommy Lee Jones' character. I think that, hey, no no shade on, on James Earl. I like him in a lot of stuff. 
I think it's a worse movie. Oh, it's a worse movie <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, what do you call it? Were you saying something else, Brendan, or was your point done there? That was it. I just, I, I, when you said that with your cadence, I heard it like Tommy Lee Jones, and I was like, "You heard it like Tommy Lee Jones." Yeah, I was like, "Oh shit, that um, sounds familiar." uh while we're on uh scenes do you guys i I think that's another strong point of this movie is uh, i think visual so alan moore famously hates this movie Um, which is fair i think he just kind of probably hates comic book movies i think Um, i think anyone who has their like their work essentially like taken and then paraded in front of them for money that you're not getting reserves the right to just be pissy about any yeah. <laughs> i also oh, think he's did he just not get money for this i don't think so yeah no, they, oh, he's they, always wronged but he's also he's just an insane person like an but i mean i i yeah, totally he's, understand he's, why he would be upset about anything that like even though i love the watchman show that was on hbo i mean he he could be upset about that. I totally understand it because in the same breath that DC allowed that great show to be made, they also had Superman fight Dr. Manhattan in the Canon DC comic books. So I would be like, yeah, fuck them. (laughs) I did not know that. It's, it's real bad. Kyle. Oh, it's recent, right? The last three years. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was the rebirth bullshit that they did. Oh, that's not good. That's that's not good. At no, all. it's pretty bad. <laughs> um, Though I will say, I will say, also fully nude during the fight. He was, and it's also very funny to <laughs> Wait, read actually? other people write um, Doctor Manhattan and really any Alan Moore character besides Alan Moore. Because um, yeah, it's real hokey, real fast. <laughs> is so is V for Vendetta and Alan Moore? It is property. Yeah. Okay. Has anyone read it? Yep. No, I have not. I have. Um, I'm assuming it's better than the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much my reason for not reading it. I, yeah, you um, know what? If you have a lot of love in your heart for this movie, it's, and you're not okay with like having the two stand separately, uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch it because it's it's legitimately very good. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, Alan Moore's fantastic. Um, you know, and no, I I think yeah, it's just one of those things where I'm like, eh. You know, I, exact. I have so much love for this movie, and I don't want to go back to it and be like, "Ugh, not as good." Um, but what I was gonna say was, uh, you know, as much as Alan Moore isn't a fan of this uh, comic, and Brendan, since you have read it or movie, since you have read the comic, uh, it seems to me like there are multiple shots that are ripped right out. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. reverence paid to it. I mean, I think the Wachowskis worked on this movie. Yeah, they're the producers. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of reverence put to the uh, to the source material, and a lot of the changes that they made. And if, I think it really feels yeah like that. a lot of and a lot of the changes like, they made. I honestly, in the same way that I agree with some of the changes that Snyder made with Watchmen. Yeah, sometimes when you're adapting something, you gotta go all in on an aspect that maybe like disagrees with the comic or the original source material but ultimately this is a movie and it can only be so long and it can only do so much you know like 
it, not to spoil Watchmen, the movie for anybody, but when they were like, all right, it's not going to be an alien squid and it's just going to be like a machine replicating Dr. Manhattan's powers so that we can blame everything on him. I was fine with that. <laughs> I was like, it's a movie. I think that you would lose people pretty much instantly uh, in the like, what, 2011 movie climate if you dropped a giant squid. So I see that. I feel like it's 09. But. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I totally understood that, and I think that it creates, like, a very circular script. I was, I not, think it also, it's, I think... Not the worst like, part of that exa- movie. It's a fine decision, right? Like, yeah. the point still is there. Yeah. Um, it's it's not like watching Dragon Ball Evolution, where you've missed the source material by a mile, made it with Nickelodeon pictures, and then, you know, just... <laughs> fucked around and, and and turned a dude into like a weird spirit halloween monkey goku or the new halo show right or the new halo show right like i mean there's a way to 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 really <laughs> say fuck you to the source material on like a thematic like dna level uh and this is not that and that's that's one of my main points I have written down about this movie i'll i'll get back cuz i do want to talk about the visuals cuz i think there are some excellent shots in this movie like um but one of my main things and you know why every time i go back to it i'm like god please don't be lame and it's probably gonna be the same next time um is because i think this movie could have so easily been awful like it i don't number i don't think it could probably be made today by any of the uh major studio this this feels like a great amazon instant video picture (laughs) not gonna lie (laughs) kyle the production value like this feels like a really great amazon instant video movie so so not not production necessarily (laughs) because um but uh no i mean like i don't i don't know if you could find the loving hands to craft this movie today um because there would be so much pressure to, you know, I mean, I guess DC is kind of going a little more off the rails with their stuff. Not anymore, I guess. Maybe. I don't know what's up with that. Um, but I don't know. I Like, there are so many shots in this movie. Like, uh, for instance, just both the egg scenes when the, uh, the egg in a basket is being made, you know, that I just, I, I love. That's just such a nice, it's just like a little five second shot, a little smooth jazz playing in the morning. Wonderful. Um, Boy, does that look tasty. Oh my God. We still talking about V? (laughs) And that apron? Mm. (laughs) Mmm. Or yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. Just the way they, I, I, I don't know if you guys even follow me on this one or if you agree. I feel like the way they use the camera just and this is also similar into why i wouldn't consider this a superhero movie so much it's just not used in that way right like i feel like every shot is very handcrafted besides the action sequences Um, i would say this feels like a uh like um this feels like a movie like i i like and i mean that in a nice way and that like it doesn't feel like a conveyor belt you know, it doesn't feel like they, yeah. they, it felt like 
there was a conversation between the director and the cinematographer about what would look good and then they met with a a prop department and a and a and a you know set design team to create something that would look good and then they shot a a a, a, a scene that looked good um i don't think there's anything like particularly special but like just a diligence to the craft that is is welcome and is observed but like i mean there's nothing in that like honestly there's a couple shots in this that like could put in a different movie and i wouldn't know um you know like it's not it's nothing like too special to me but it isn't bad not every frame is a painting no every frame is not a painting unless i run it through a photoshop filter and then every frame is a painting um but yeah, I, I I think it's I think it's a good looking movie. I just don't think it's like a memorable looking movie, at least not to me. Really, I, no. I'm in the same boat. It's nothing really. I didn't take any notes on no. the visuals. Like it was definitely serviceable, but nothing stuck out. No. Oh yeah, I, there are so many frames that are just permanently ingrained into my brain. Um, For me, I I like the style. But I can't say I like the visuals, if that makes any sense. Um, I feel like the visuals with the like kind of three hundred esque blood splattering and like uh, the colors they use and how like every set, just like the the visuals every set. I can't say I liked it that much. It looked kind of over the top and cartoony, even though I, I like I said I like the over the topness, but I like it thematically. Um, but like. The style they had going for it with... See, I didn't have such a problem with the combat like you guys did. And also, like, the, the fireworks... I'm all in the until v. the last sequence. Like, Yeah. I think there's only a handful before that, so... So I like st- the stylistic choices of how it shot certain scenes, but I can't say I liked the actual visual appeal of it so much. Yeah, I, I don't know. For me, again, those those two, literally those two egg scenes up here. Uh, Trafalgar Square, when it's the sky shot of it, uh, I think that is so cool. Uh, that uh, shot's in Joker. The Batman. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you call it? And, and again, the domino scene, when all the dominoes have fallen, and it's just the symbol, you know? Cool enough. Uh no, there are cool Kyle. I saw it's that cool in and Blue Skies robots. <laughs> did no one see? Did no one see the movie? Oh. Robots? No, I'm racking my brain. I'm trying to remember where that is. In Mr. Bigwell. It's the big. Yeah, Mr. Bigwell. That seems cool. And then the dominoes progressively get bigger and yeah. bigger and bigger, and you get like a ton. He's surfing on the wave of dominoes, and they start surfing on the waves of dominoes. Uh, <laughs> It's just me and Alex here are... remembering Mr. Bigwell. Oh, I remember. You guys <laughs> well, Ryan remember... brought it up. Yeah, you guys remember the, the mom robot with the fat... Yeah. Oh, I remember. Dumpy... I remember. <laughs> Move aside, Mrs. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> There's that whole sequence where he's getting pinned to the wall. Uh, and then she, like, farts on his <laughs> face. <laughs> yeah. I forget. She just farts. Oh. I remember when she farts so bad that it kills a street lamp. (laughs) 
Yeah, Kyle, and then they get the chalk outline yeah. the next morning. I haven't seen Robots in a minute. I'm sure I'd like it if I watched. Okay, wait. Is Robots a good movie or is it not? I, I, in my head, I haven't seen movie. Robots in a minute, but I love I, I love thinking. I about think it. I've heard it doesn't hold up very well. I have so many fond memories of that movie. I I don't have a guess if it's good or not. I just remember, yeah, I also remember, not to talk about robots too much more, but that part where they're, like, making the babies the fun part, and then they're, like... Yeah, then they have, like, like an Ikea manual for a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad joke. Uh, no. We should watch robots, I'm down. Yeah, let's that. put that on the next list. <laughs> let's put that on the next, let's make the next list the robots list. <laughs> um, this was all to say, however, uh... Robots aside, of course. Um, with all the, I guess you guys don't relate to the uh, the necessary frames, but I think there are. I, I, how about scenes? And I think there's a couple, especially. I mean, the back half is loaded with them. I think of just fantastic sequences. Um, yeah, I do like the Domino sequence, and I I like when everybody's walking through the streets and their Guy Fox masks. I thought yeah. that was actually. Very well done, and they, they clearly had a, a bunch of extras for that. Uh, so, like, a huge commitment to making that sequence work, and I, I think it paid off. I, I thought that was really great, especially when things were going off, fireworks and explosions, and people were taking the masks off. It was it was thematically, like, it, it just a cherry on top of everything. So those are the two that stick with me, the, the domino effect and the, uh, the walk through the square with the masks. Um... I like the the shot at the very end of them like watching the fireworks with the detective and what's her face Natalie Portman I don't think I they're like... watching it with them necessarily Well no but <laughs> I like when he say many v words a lot in a row <laughs> That was cool legitimately that's like one of the parts that i'm always like god i hope this isn't lame and then he does it and i'm like that's so fucking cool it's so fucking cool it's you it's riding the line of being really stupid and overdone (laughs) and kind of cool no and it's like man how'd you know all those v words how'd you you plot (laughs) that sentence out how how long did you have that one loaded in the back of your sleeve like i can't wait practicing that in front of a mirror every day (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, obviously the dominoes and the Trafalgar Square sequence. Um, I also, I didn't, as a kid, like it so much, and I think the CG is a little weak, um, but the rebirth sequence is also um, fantastic in my mind. And again, like, I don't know, Brennan, but that's one of those shots where I'm like, that feels right out of the comic book panel. I can't, where it's I, I feel like it is. I, I haven't. I have. I, I've read the comic once. I can't remember. I mean, it just exactly, looks uh, like he's looks standing like it in the be. back. And the, yeah, I mean, it's no, a good I mean, shot. Why does it have to come from anywhere? Uh, I, well, I, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, well, it's a good shot. It's probably from the comic. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. No. Uh, and in both those scenes, uh, actually, all three of those, I think they're using the same uh, piece from the score. Uh, which is also, I think this score is wonderful. Um, and I, I don't think it's very superhero-y in its nature. I think it's a lot... Like, you know, uh, 
Zimzam, to his credit, really kind of turned the superhero score into we're just gonna slam chords on that piano and it's gonna be fucking rad. Um, and this, I don't think, does that very much. Um, I think it's a lot more slow builds for each major score piece that they use. For someone who said it's not a superhero movie, you've been comparing it to superhero movies a lot. Well, hmm, yeah, I'm making suspicious. the po- I'm, com- I'm comparing <laughs> it. I'm showing how much it's not a superhero movie. Hmm. That's what I'm doing. I'm, uh... <laughs> See, I've been comparing it to robots. So... <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, did you guys have any notes on the score? Did it not particularly I, stick out? It didn't out? stick out to I me. Didn't, I didn't notice it besides the, the classical. I don't remember anything else. Overture. Yeah. Favorite piece of classical music right there. Yeah. No, I, I like when he's like, and here come the drums. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, no, I really like it. It, it is... I don't know. I mean, maybe that... Uh, listen, listen to some scores. Figure some stuff out, gang. Uh, it's different. I think it sounds a lot different than anything you'd hear today in a superhero movie. But I thought this wasn't a superhero movie. So the question is... is <laughs> That's it, what I'm trying is to it, say! Is it, a, is it a score that you would hear in a detective thriller? Because I could picture this in all the little things. <laughs> <laughs> or in Seven. <laughs> Uh, the part where where it flashes back to him in the asylum escaping the fiery remains and he's all scarred and goes like Darth Vader. <laughs> that's super superhero-y. Come on. Uh, Alex, I'd like to ask you a question. Would you consider Darth Vader a superhero? <laughs> <laughs> because Brendan's I remember him killing today. many younglings. And that's not what I would imagine a superhero would do. <laughs> This, it's superhero movie esque. Hmm. I wouldn't call Star Wars superhero movie esque. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying this. That scene is very superhero movie esque. Not he's a superhero. But you just compared scene. him to Darth Vader, Alex. And as no, we just said, no, Alex, Alex, his scream, Alex, his scream, Alex. You should have compared it to Deadpool, because that is. <laughs> I think that's in Deadpool. <laughs> that that actually is a Deadpool. Yeah. It reminds me of Sunshine. At the, the end of Sunshine. But no, I was saying his scream is like Darth Vader at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Not that he looks like Darth Vader. No. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> well, that still doesn't get over your hump of making a superhero comparison. You know, Darth Vader said that My- no right after he lost Natalie Portman. And this guy screams no Yo, right before so he true. gets Natalie Portman. So that's an interesting sort of dichotomy. It's not necessarily right before he gets Natalie Portman, but I do agree. In the with grand you. scheme of things, I mean, <laughs> in a universal sense, yeah, <laughs> I, I actually get it now. What are years, Kyle? Just trips around the sun. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think I'm uh, near to spent. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, we're an hour in. Yeah, I'm empty. All right. Yeah, that's about the. Uh, I think we've uh, given the acting most of its love. Um, yeah, there were a few quotes I had, but I think I think we've done that. So. Yeah, I think I'm good. If we want to start doing final thoughts. 
Okay. Hey, Kyle. <laughs> what? Uh, what? <laughs> what? Out of business video game company would V work for? Out of business video game company. Vicarious Visions. <laughs> <laughs> they make Guitar Hero. No, I think they did uh, Marvel's Ultimate Alliance. I think they also make. Is it the one where like they're like opening crawl is like an eyeball? Like, an I don't eyeball remember. <laughs> I'll be honest. With you. I don't even. Know I just the remember the name Vicarious Visions. <laughs> Uh, well, I started us off, so while Alex looks up Vicarious Vision... Oh, wait! I did have one oh. question. Just a, just a little one. Um, do you think, do you think the bomb was gonna go off in the, in the news studio? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I didn't think I about didn't this movie that deeply. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, cause it's the, it's the, like, you know, head of the state media who cuts the wire and it works um you know i take that personally as oh yeah it was never gonna actually go off because how the hell would this guy cut the wire i I didn't think about it at all (laughs) (laughs) all right well watch this movie a few more times and dedicate a good chunk of your early childhood to it and then get back to me assholes you call your teen years your early childhood (laughs) Yeah, I'm in my mid childhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it is. Vicarious Visions. Uh, they created Guitar Hero on tour for the Wii. And that's the Oh, uh, the worst Guitar Hero. Oh, wait, no. I have World Tour. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right, we'll do final thoughts. Brendan, go ahead and take it away. All right, so my final thoughts. I like this movie as a treat. Um, but just like any treat... I don't want to eat more than a few of them. And by them, I mean movies. Okay, mister, you watch it once a year? <laughs> Just like ice cream, I have it once a year. <laughs> on on Arbor Day. Do you actually watch it every November? No. <laughs> I Okay, I didn't so. Think so. I think about it every November, and I go, I should... Yeah, you no, you do send me a text every November on the phone. And I go, I should watch that. And then sometimes I do. <laughs> i'm done that's it that's all I got. all right cool Good final thoughts um, for me uh th- this is a a really good movie that i enjoy a lot i think it's fresh um i yeah okay. well i can see the well i can see the detective angle more so it, it still has all the the check boxes for me for a superhero movie uh at, at the very least a comic book movie so well, it's it, literally it a comic very, book movie. Yeah, <laughs> it feels very fresh in that way. So I really like it. It's got some some stuff that does not jive with me stylistically and uh, I don't know on the production level, but overall, it's uh, really enjoyable and I, I like it. Good movie. Good movie. <laughs> yeah, this movie. This movie's cool. And it's very rewatchable. I always enjoy coming back to it. I don't recall falling asleep during a viewing of it, Kyle. So I think you're just doing that to taint my name in front of these nah. lovely p- 
people. Actually, while but... I'm thinking of it, everybody, while I'm thinking of it, I meant to issue a disclaimer on the last episode that Alex does not hate the environment and does not have an <laughs> I love fracking t-shirt, and I forgot to do that. And then I deadpanned, <laughs> called him a scumbag at one point, and I, I did feel bad about this. So you'll have to wait two weeks to find out, but but he is, he's, uh, he's, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He recycles. I was about to say, come on, Kyle, I recycle. Um, yeah, this movie's cool. Hey, I honestly, like there's it's nothing, there's there. nothing funnier Portman. to me than you saying, I recycle after someone goes, you love fracking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not a racist. I, I know black people. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, I've, I, uh, I, I love this movie. It, it, it matters so much to me, uh, truly. It, I love damn near everything about it besides that one really bad action sequence at the end. Um, and more than anything, I, I love the, the ideas and symbols it's trying to convey. Uh, I think, and granted, you know, obviously... Kyle hates the government. Again, we described how I looked at the beginning of this episode, so yes. Um, no, I mean, I, and obviously Alan Moore gets a great deal of credit about that. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure what Brendan you might know more familiar, but it's it's supposed to be a a uh, not satire, but a send up critique of Thatcher's government. Yeah. in the eighties. Yeah. Um, so what do you call it? Um, Obviously, Moore gets a lot of credit, but that's what I kind of mean when I say, like, this movie could have been so lame. Like, it it lands all the ideas that the source is trying to get across. And I, I love, I again, like, I read it at the beginning, the line, uh, governments should, or uh, people should not be afraid of their governments, governments should be afraid of their people. Uh, you know, that's, that's a cool, very poignant, and very introspective uh look at the nature of governments um and you also really like when they say um we are anonymous we are legion we do not forgive and we do not forget i do i'm a big fan of that i have it tattooed on my inner thigh next to my juicy tattoo <laughs> on my other inner thigh next to your crucifix on your ass cheek <laughs> <laughs> i like to really play all the tables <laughs> just uh, in case you end up in prison you want everybody to be your friend <laughs> but yeah no I, I there's that i love the discussion of the idea the power of ideas and how symbols get their power you know v's talking and he says like i can blow up a building but that's not blowing up a building you're right won't do anything people give symbols power and that's why he dresses up as a bat right <laughs> it's to put fear in his enemies of the fear he had of bats as a child um you know so there's there's like truly you know ryan you kind of joked at the beginning that it's a thank piece um which we slap on a few movies on this list um and while yes i don't think it's a thank piece i think there are some wonderful ideas this movie conveys um and the overall themes are just fantastic and presenting those themes, I think it far from fumbles them. I think it does a fantastic job. It's very fun. This is an incredibly accessible movie. Uh, 
you know so if you're trying to if you're trying to you know get people to maybe think a little bit deeper about things and also have a nice movie show them v for vendetta they'll probably have a nice time might scratch their head after um but yeah that being said i love this movie five stars five stars this is the only movie i'll ever get five stars <laughs> wow that's not true but it is five stars in my book yeah it's fantastic didn't you give everything ever all at once five stars i give a lot of things five stars okay. that way it means Double nothing fiction yeah <laughs> i look at it as i just only watch good things <laughs> um but yeah with that being said uh I don't know where I stand today, because we're going into Hell or High Water, and that's really good, too. So, I, I, stay tuned, wow, Clashers. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see that you next sounded time. just like it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect for a Western. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, every man, woman, and child. Uh, and we do know there are so many and different types listening to this, and everything in between. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. What a very what a disgusting that we don't descriptor that. for human beings. For the remainder so of this episode, we're going to be talking about one very specific specific film. It's a film by the name of Hell or High Water. This film was. Is a high water mark. Is a high water mark for quality film, and it was released August twelfth. 2016 and let me tell you a little bit about it toby is a divorced father who's trying to make a better life for his son his brother tanner is an ex-convict with a short temper and a loose trigger finger together they plan a series of heists against the bank that's about to foreclose on their family ranch standing in their way is marcus a texas ranger who's only weeks away from retirement what the fuck is this description as the siblings plot their final robbery they must also prepare for a showdown with a crafty lawman who's not ready to ride off into the sunset what the fuck was that (laughs) that was the description from where google (laughs) letterboxd is much better no it's not it's like a sentence yeah that's it's I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. Um, I won't even read the tag they put on it. A divorced dad and his ex-con brother resort to a desperate scheme in order to save the family's farm in West Texas. But you don't even hear about Jeff Bridges. That that was a bad description. It's my movie, Kyle. (laughs) 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 So, that leads us to the discussion at hand. Now, I've seen this movie before. I know Kyle has seen this movie before. Was there anyone here who has not seen this movie before? I have seen this movie before. I'm pretty sure Alex fell asleep during it. <laughs> Kyle, Classic you're just Alex. making this up. <laughs> I saw this Our movie without narcoleptic. You. <laughs> that's not true. No, that's not true. I'm the one who showed you this movie. I'm going to have to think on that, but I definitely didn't yeah, fall asleep no, on that asshole. No, it was on our... It, you didn't. You didn't. Um, it was on our list of movies we were showing each other. The one and only movie I fell asleep on was Return of the King. Also Slevin. So everyone's no, seen this movie? I watched the entirety of Slevin. No, I had not. Okay, Ryan, then you kick us off. Uh, I really liked it. 
We had a great color scheme, and uh, watching it, I watched it after me for Vendetta. It was kind of eerily similar, I guess thematically, um, just kind of like a F you to the government and our protagonists like on their own terms. And it was really interesting, and uh, I liked the look of the movie a lot. I thought it was well acted, and I, I really liked the kind of rural feel. There were some things I didn't cling to thematically, namely, like, there was a lot of, I don't know, insisted, like, badassness and it, it, with the country music they chose to play. Uh, and so it's kind of like, this is a little silly like i i don't really like country music but it, it just felt like they were really insisting on how cool this country was um <laughs> but besides that uh i i really liked it and uh, i thought it was thought it was great oh my god dead air dead air <laughs> awful fine i choose alex Give us a taste good, of what you thought of this call. movie, Alex. Me and Alex were pointing at each other, listeners, but it doesn't work because the frames are never aligned. <laughs> Just give us some time. We'll start releasing the video podcasts for everyone to watch on our on our brand new YouTube channel. So. We have to wait till we're making money off this. That way uh, people can respectively quit their jobs and they won't have to live in fear. Good. Um, yeah. <laughs> So this is my second or third time watching it. I don't recall watching it for the first time with Kyle, but it is a quality movie. It's a... I put it in the same vein as v for No Country Vendetta. for Old Men. Oh, yeah, it's no very similar. No Country for Old Men, I said. Yeah, in that it's very high quality and everything is done exceptionally well, but like it's not a very rewatchable movie. I kind of got everything I needed to get out of it out of uh, one viewing. Um, I remember the first time I watched it, didn't do too much for me. Uh, I definitely thought it was good, but didn't really think about it afterwards. But this last feeling, I definitely got a lot more out of it, a lot more enjoyment and appreciation for it. So you're um, saying yeah, there like might have said, been well some acted. rewatchability. <laughs> He's it's got gone you. now that I've watched it. <laughs> that I've rewatched it. Uh, well acted, well shot. It's a very pretty and bland looking movie at the same time but like to its credit it's purposely bland um yeah i'm looking forward to talking about it kyle i fucking love this movie (laughs) this movie kicks ass i saw it when it uh was nominated for an oscar so i guess that was the 2017 oscars um you know Definitely didn't get the credit it was due, but we live with it. Uh, I think, uh, you I know... I it won an Oscar. No. Did it win an Oscar? I don't Oscar? think so. No? Yeah. I didn't think so, no. Uh, I don't. I think the only thing it might have been up for was Best Picture. Uh, it was up uh, for Best Picture, and I think Best uh, Original Screenplay. Maybe. Yeah, maybe Best Original Screenplay. But yeah, no one got an acting nomination. Mm-hmm. Um, or Best Director, yeah, it was, it, there, Anywho, there was also no. a nomination for uh, uh, Best uh, Actor in a Supporting Role. Yeah, I got Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Film Editing, and won zero of them. That's a crime. Yeah. Um, the, anyway, this is all to say. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I so I've watched this movie for a while now. Uh, this is my third or 
I think my third time watching it. Uh, I love a western, like Brendan. It's just it's it's a wonderful story to tell each time. Uh, also surprised at how thematically similar to V for Vendetta. Unlike Ryan, I watched this right after I watched Paddington uh, because I was feeling bear. And I wanted to watch a feel good movie. Paddington Bear, yes. Um, or the the Queen of England sitting across from Paddington drinking tea. Nobody watched that. That came out like three days ago. That's no, all, that's all like a clip. I, I didn't see that. <laughs> Are I you like watching the Jubilee? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. The Jubilee. Fucking like bootlicker over here better. watching the Queen. I guess. Um, I just saw Paddington. And I was interested. <laughs> bet you, bet you say. wish they won the war, huh, Alex? <laughs> I uh, red yeah, coat. Everything these guys said. The the acting is great. Uh, I think the cinematography is great. I think everything this movie does is great. And uh, I'm very excited for what's going to happen. Uh, I watched this movie like, like 2017 or something. 2017 or 18. This is when I was on a big like alone in my dorm room watching a bunch of movies. Kind of shtick. Must have been 2018. Yeah. Yeah, because we've, that's one thing, yeah, we never talked about this no. movie together before, um, and I was really shocked to see it on your list so high, and then that we never discussed it. High before. water. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, it really, like, stood out to me as being one of the better examples of a, like, modern Western, and how you would go about making that, you know, setting it. Alex, say the line. Alex, say the line, Alex. Clearly you haven't seen Logan, Brendan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dude, it's so sad. I have, like, the collector's set of that. I love that movie. I just, you know, I'm not not a, a Hugh Jackman shill. I Worshipper? <laughs> Tell me about my title. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, no, and I, I just really, like, connected with this script and these performances. I think that... Um, What's his name? Uh, ben Foster, I think. Right, that's the actor's name. Hold on, I gotta go back. I'm in the who plays the yes, uh, older brother. Yeah, Ben Foster. Yeah, I was right. I think Ben Foster gives a really good performance in this movie. Really strong. Um, I think Chris Pine kind of plays against type here. You know, like usually he's not playing a character like this in a movie, and I think he does a really great job. Um, Jeff Bridges. I really love Jeff Bridges. He's so good. He does something that I think that um, he's basically the same character as Tommy Lee Jones in No Country for Old Men. Um, at least like by the like the setup kind of stance. Yeah, and it, he has more quips. What? He has more quips. He does. <laughs> um, but like I, I don't know. I buy it with Jeff Bridges a lot more. He feels a lot, um, a lot older and a lot. Uh, more done than Tommy Lee Jones did in No Country for Old Men, at least to me. And that he, oh, interesting. he, and, and, and no other reason than he just feels a lot older. Like Jeff Bridges in this movie feels, he's always out of breath. Yeah. He feels very old. Whereas, <laughs> well, so, whereas Tommy Lee uh, Jones, okay, I, I, I'm like, yeah, you could be at another men in black. You could do it. Yeah. I, you could do it. <laughs> I don't. I don't really see the Tommy Lee Jones and No Country comparison. Well, they're both like, like 
sheriffs close to retirement. Yeah, all right, I guess. It's like, that's like the setup to both of their characters. It's like, yeah. And they and they're up against a a a new a, a new crime. Uh anyway, besides that though. Uh I I really love all the performances and I think that the action and the way it's ex- executed in this movie is really great. There's a lot of shots in this movie that I think about a ton. There are so many conversations in this movie, which we'll get into, that just take you for a trip. You know, they really kick the shit out of your heart. Um, and I love that about this movie. And I love I love uh, uh, Chris Pine's character's like plan and, and how he executes it. And I love how the community kind of works together to get uh get his family that 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 justice uh against the banks and the government so yeah are you serious (laughs) no (laughs) sorry I put on chapstick and Kyle taps me on the short. He says, "Can I get that?" <laughs> and it's like, no. <laughs> and I was laughing because I couldn't tell if he was serious or not. <laughs> you gonna finish that? <laughs> Sorry, it's poison um, for an audio podcast. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, Brendan. Yes. What are you gonna say? Oh no, you ask what you were gonna ask. Uh, can you give me an example of those very hard-hitting conversations? Because I love the dialogue in this movie, but I can't say I recall anything that's overly emotional. Oh my god, the scene of um, of what Chris Pine and Ben Foster in the diner, and they're talking uh, right before he goes and robs the uh, the bank by himself. And he goes, I don't know anyone who's ever gotten away with anything. And he goes, well, why'd you agree to do this? Because he asked, like that, like that, like really affects me. Because it's like, oh yeah, because they're family. I don't know. Yeah. And you see a lot of their relationship, like especially towards the end when um, they they go their separate ways. When one stays in the truck and the other one gets in the like sedan, and they're just talking and they go, "Fuck you, fuck you too," (laughs) and they drive off. That like really like affected me because it's like, oh this. I don't know, like, I really bought that relationship. And every time that they were just, like, kind of being honest with each other, it really it really hit home. Yeah, I... Yeah, that was... That was I agree. Sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I like all the character interactions, and I thought the, the two brothers particularly had great chemistry, but beyond that, even just, like, Jeff Bridges talking to the waitress who got the big tip and didn't want to give it up because of her, her mortgage... Um, or like the, the, the lawyer, I guess, who was going to be, or was it a lawyer? He, the guy, the guy setting up the trust. He's he's like, yeah, I can think of nothing more poetic than giving a a bank's own stolen money back to him, uh, to prevent them from taking something (laughs) unrightfully. Um, a lot of those character interactions and it, it just really built the world and, uh, just the kind of rural tiredness that so many of the characters felt. Um, I thought that was super well portrayed, and I, like I said, particularly with the brothers, that that was just such great chemistry that that really exemplified like the go out and do it for yourself by any means. Now, morally, there's a debate there, but like 
you understand their struggle and and so do the people around them and i thought that was well and like the end the very end of the movie where with the conversation between chris pine and jeff bridges where they're yeah i mean that that's so fucking sad where they're talking about like what pretty much each of them gave to the struggle and you know he's like you know my i shot your brother your brother shot my partner like why did you do this and he goes i've been poor my whole life uh you know my father my you know mom and dad were poor their mom and dads were poor it's a sickness it's a disease that infects every generation my boys are not gonna be poor you know and, and it's set against the uh oil uh, uh uh drills going in the background that he bought with the money and it's like that that conversation well, he didn't buy those with the money or whatever yeah um like that is that that is like such an affecting scene to me because it's these two people who are on opposite ends of this struggle hearing either side mm-hmm. and ultimately not having any sort of resolution outside of agreeing that they're going to meet up later and shoot each other. I was going to, that, that last scene for me is what makes this movie for me. It is. I, and I, I don't know. I find it very rare to end on such a powerful scene like that. And like you said, I mean, yeah, there's, there's no solution. You know, the resolution is that, well, all these things happen, and that I will give is very No Country for Old Men. You know, it's well, all these things happened, and now we're just left to sit with the pieces. Um, you know, but yeah, I love that 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 last exchange between them, where he's like, uh, "Well, maybe you swing by, and I'll give you some peace." And he goes, "Yeah, maybe I'll do the same for you." Yeah, yeah I, the the character interactions were. And the writing, particularly, was some of my favorite parts. I mean, even with oh, yeah. Jeff Bridges and his partner sitting out just on the the porch of that restaurant, and his partner's like, "Yep, uh, my ancestors had this land taken from oh, them, yeah. and now the white people are having it taken from them by these people, the bank." So even even the quote unquote good guys are pointing at the bank as like, "Yeah, this is." This is part of the issue for a lot of people. This is what's putting a lot of people out. This is what drives people to crime. And I thought that was just really interesting. You don't see that kind of introspective uh, kind of discussion uh, from that kind of character role. And I thought that was great. I hadn't seen that in and, many other movies. And I love the world building in this. Like how they like how they fill in this canvas of this rural western like township thing. Where you have, you know, Jeff Bridges and his partner driving and they see the smoke in the distance and then all the cattle herders, you know, they stop and be like, what, what's going on here? And they're, and then the, the, the cowboy's just like, uh, yeah, there's a fire on the highway. It's chasing us here. We have to run from it all the way to the river. I wonder why my children don't want to do this. <laughs> you know, and that's great. And then even the, yeah. even the, uh, the shot, which is also like a funny moment in the movie, at least to me. When they're at the gas station, I see, and the and the no, sports I, car comes up, and then we see the beat up old car, the sports car, and then the horse in the background, and this like re- really rural gas station, and there's just so much like juxtaposition in that shot alone, and I love it because it, anyone who's driven through those parts knows that's exactly what it looks like. You'll get like a random expensive car, everything else is a little bit dinged up and run down, and then there's a guy on a horse. <laughs> 
I think it's even more than that. And that I, I think, you know, I, I would say most of your Westerns that come out today in some way or another focus on this idea of the West dying. Um, you know, I mean, we talked about this idea in Sisters Brothers as well. Um, but this but is I more think, in like a literal sense and not a spiritual sense. No, it, exactly. Yeah, no, like, it, but it's interesting because it both is like the West is dying, but there's also this very like, yeah, but there are some parts you can't kill. Um, like, again, the the cattle ra- the cowboy talking like, it's the 21st century and I'm herding this herd of cows to the nearest river running away a wildfire. You know, like, that's something technology can't fix, you know? And, like, this is an idea I think about a lot. It's like, you know, we're we're a really smart species, right? We do a lot. Our best solution to fighting fire still is dumping water on it. Like, we haven't beat that yet, you know? So there's, there's a lot of these elements that just... You can't, the West won't die in that sense. And I really, that gas station scene is so powerful because it's not only, you know, showing the spectrum of wealth that exists, but also the spectrum of culture. You know, you have this old cowboy who's literally getting off his horse at the gas station. You've got these, uh, you know, have grown up poor their entire life and are just kind of existing in it. And then you've got these two... chuckle fucks and their their neon green cyberpunk coming coming from the college town yeah no coming from the college town coming Um, from from texas (laughs) a&m and yeah no probably not no that's in east texas but (laughs) what do you call it yeah no that i think that shot encapsulates this movie better than any other scene i also because it's i also love that scene so much. Oh, it's great. It'll be like yeah. there's ten of me. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, you'd think there was ten of me. <laughs> <laughs> and he just gets his shit kicked in. Dude, what a brutal scene, too. Yeah. <clears throat> and th- no, man, he deserved I, it. I think he I... deserved it. <laughs> he had it coming. Uh, honestly, I think this movie has the best characterization i think i've ever seen in a movie everything felt so natural with the dialogue with the character interactions with everyone the main characters the side characters even like the the waitress at the diner um because it the movie just does such a good job of putting characters in a situation that naturally flows into dialogue that naturally exposes more about these characters histories and struggles for example, in that diner scene, him wanting the money back as evidence, and then we come to find out, no, she really needs that money because she's a struggling waitress who needs to support her kids and her mortgage is expensive. Like that's in hindsight, it's kind of obvious, but the way they went about it is it, it just felt so natural. You almost forget that you're learning more about it. It's just like you're almost an observer on all these characters, and and Jeff Bridges walking in and just seeing a group of three cowboys eating eating brunch, and then one of them turns over and talks to the chief, like. You can just kind of build a life behind these characters, just the way that they're presented. Well, um, and and just how I was just gonna say, and like Jeff Bridges as well. Ahead. Like you find out about his past through the, these small exchanges that he has with his partner, like when they're in the car together, and he's like, 
eh, writing was always uh, what Mary Beth's thing or whatever, and you and you're like, oh, yeah. his wife is dead. Yeah, and my favorite is is honestly between the two brothers, where they never explicitly said it, but obviously it's you can put two and two together that um, not Toby, but the other brother Ben Foster, you know, killed their dad, and like you can just kind of it's a very brief mo- scene, but you immediately get caught up to speed that yeah he had a toxic relationship with his dad constantly being each other his mom resents him for it he went as so far as to kill him and you kind of like learn about their relationship together and and uh toby's relationship with his mom and how he was seen as the favorite like nothing is explicitly said or exposited but yeah there's so many so much natural dialogue that you just put the story together and it's just done so effortlessly yeah, no need for flashbacks or like an exposition dump or something like that. Like you get a really good idea for who the characters are and why they're doing what they're doing, uh, just through their dialogue and their actions, which is always something I look for. I don't know if I'd say it's not explicitly said though, because it's definitely said. But... Yeah, yeah, he says like you know, you, like uh, Chris Pine's talking to him is like you never learned that uh, fighting back just made the beatings last longer. And then uh, Ben Foster goes, yeah, I did. That's why I shot him. Um, no, no, yeah. For sure, like, you didn't have to put together that he killed him. But, like, they never refer to dad. They just say, well, that's why I killed him. And he. Like, the first he and him. And while As that's opposed not, like, very... to, like, saying, that's why I shot him in the barn, our father, <laughs> with a rifle. That's why I killed her daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I no, killed but... our daddy with the gun he made me put down our dog with. Can you see the broken tapestry that is our lives? <laughs> a lesser movie would have taken that in a... Yeah, dad just hated me and went hard on me and not you. And that's why I had I got fed up with dad and that's why I killed him. Like, it, it was a very... It was a shorter scene that gave just the exact amount of information. But presented in a way where you just are literally observing two brothers reminiscing about history so it's almost like we we as the audience were an afterthought we didn't need explicitly explicitly to be told a lot of these details we are literally just observers on these two people uh just talking to each other yeah i i love when a movie respects its audience's intelligence and ability to follow along and piece things together for themselves I don't need to be spoon-fed, and I don't like to feel like I'm being spoon-fed. So this movie did a great job at that. Yeah, and in the same way, like, you get, you instantly get an idea of his relationship with his ex-wife from the moment they, when he sees her for the first time in the movie. Yeah. And that is a relationship that is barely touched on at all, but you feel like you know their entire history. And one other thing I really liked about this movie is that, like, this, his drive wasn't also to get his wife back. And the end of the movie, like, he, they're still divorced, but you kind of get a lot about his character from that alone, in that he is still a loving man who wants to support his ex-wife and his kids and all that. And he's not doing this for redemption. He doesn't want her back necessarily, but he still is driven to supporting them and making their life better. And well, and there's, so there's, that's more characterization that is just, it's just, it's so well. Yeah, done. and there's that conversation that he has with uh, with his son or whatever that kind of yields to that as well, where he's like... You know, I won't, his son's like, I won't believe it. He goes, no, believe it. I, you should, you know, you're going to hear some things. I did them all like <laughs> where it's not about redemption or, or, or anything like that. It's about 
doing right by his family in the way that he feels he needs to. Yeah. And again, I'll, I'll get off this topic after this, but for example, him and his son, you instantly get a feel for their relationship too. When he walks in and turns back, you kind of get, okay, obviously he resents his dad, but then they go a little further with it in that they actually have like a sweet ish moment on the swing. Like it, it wasn't just, I hate you, dad, you're never here. It's more like, at least I got the sense that he obviously loves and cares for his dad, but resents him for for being absent, but still cares for him and and, ha- and knows like, oh, I know my dad wants the best for me, but I still, I don't know if I hate him, but, and, and that's like never said. Yeah, there's a lot um, of complexity packed in the like sparse dialogue that's there and the performances. And I think that, yeah. a, I think that a weaker cast kills this movie, but everyone in this movie yeah. is really hitting their best yeah they, for sure they did a good job um so you wouldn't want like paul rudd in place of chris pine no well all right now that's a complicated <laughs> question paul rudd <laughs> paul rudd is a good actor he's just he, not is, in, he is i'm not shooting on paul rudd either he, he's just not in good stuff like i mean great example of this i think we've already talked about this but mute God he's he's the villain in that movie he does a great job he's a great he gives it a career-defining performance in one of the worst science fiction movies. I don't doubt that he could give a good performance in this film. I just... I would be very upset if I saw that he was cast in this, because I'd be like, I don't think he's gonna. But, like, he's like an Adam Sandler, where, you know, ten years from now, I could see him being in, like, a really subversive crime drama and just killing it. Yeah. Anyway... I love a lot of the shots in this movie. Like the shot of, uh, it's like a, 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 what is it? Like a sideways uh, profile shot of the car driving with the, uh, what, Ben Foster's hand sticking out the window. I think about that shot so much. It's so good. And like had to have been a a hard time to get that shot because they had had a truck like driving alongside in the dirt and just the steadiness of it and everything. I love that shot. It's so gorgeous. I love the colors in this movie. Honestly, might have been a drone. Yeah, maybe a drone. Now, I don't know, though. Yeah. Not in 2000, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, 2000. Yeah, yeah. No, anyway, um, I also love the color in this movie. I think that everything having like this yellow sort of like sun beating down yeah, just, on it. Just washed out yellow at and brown. all times is great. It really feels like you're in the south like in in, like the modern south like when they're sitting in the diner and you see like the bank in the background just complete almost invisible in the sunlight um that's that like that that's what it looks like like (laughs) it's great like there's so much about the world that is so believable um just through the visuals alone And, and but without sacrificing quality because there is also so many shots that are gorgeous that absolutely beautiful even with this like very almost like monochromatic color palette that they're working with where it's yellows and dashes of blue um yeah i'm assuming this movie had a really low budget and it really went and made the most out of its budget because like you said it's color scheme and kind of set pieces perfectly encapsulate the feeling of the modern south and um they i feel like they really just focus on the characters that were that had direct interactions i kind of see like the directors purposely made it so 
they did these bank robberies really early in the morning so that they could avoid having a bunch of random people walking around the town. And that also kind of adds to the feeling of like these like barren towns of people who are struggling. Um, I feel like the, the highest budget scene was probably just the, the final bank heist with all those people and the two kills. Um, but yeah, like it, it really just focuses and has intimate moments with these characters and there's no need for anything flashy at all. It's a very grounded story of very grounded characters yeah that so along with the because it's another part that kind of exemplifies what we're talking about but that didn't jive with me i felt like there were too many montages of just like camera capturing the the landscape as they go past with the with the country song going on that that grew tiresome for me and that even went into like the, the poker scene in particular i thought was just a little little cringeworthy where he's just like flipping his coins showing how good he is at poker um I, it just seemed like a, a little bit self-indulgent and uh it, it kind of took me out of it but that's probably it and besides the the poker like montage with uh with the brother like winning and everything i really like the kind of comparison it drew between the the casino and and the the gambling um with bank robbing um i thought that was really interesting how they're just like they're they're doing low risk things. They're gonna get a little bit back. They want to do high risk things. It becomes a way bigger gamble, and uh, that's obviously exemplified in kind of the the final encounters. Um, so yeah, I, I, I yep. thought that was really great. I just I could have done without the self indulgent that's kind fair. Of landscape sh- montages with yeah. the because con- like I said, I'm not a country music guy, but it just seemed like a little bit too on the nose. Just like yep, this is Texas, brothers. <laughs> this is what it's all about. I... I have a soft spot for those, like, you know, music, you know, landscape montages and stuff, just because I really like, I really like the look of, uh, of that area in this movie. Yeah, um, I like the look of it. And, and I, and I think that that helps set the mood in a, in a, in a weird way. Like, I mean, I don't know, like, there are goofy parts of this movie, like the, the waitress who's like, what aren't you having or <laughs> whatever. Like, yeah. there's really goofy stuff in this movie, and I feel like the music and the um, and the, the the sort of montages both give you a really good impression of of what this place is. You know how big it is, how vast it is, how everything's kind of separated, uh, as well as like, yeah, this is what they're listening to. This is what they're living with. This is this is what inf- this is the culture that informs their personalities, um, and I think that works. The poker scene. Now, this is th- this scene in, in this movie. I feel like it's one of those things that uh, that happens in a movie every once in a while, where you go, "Was this put in just in case people didn't know what poker is?" Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because like the the, di- the like the obviously the the comparison you know that they're trying to make between poker and bank robbing um, is is purposeful. It's it's the you know a, a big part of why they have that extended segment in there, but also. Like you can just leave. Uh, you can just say, "Yeah, this happened," and I, you know, I don't need this. You can just cut straight straight to like the the confrontation with the Comanche. You know, like you don't need to have the the you know all of the fluff in there. But maybe in case you didn't know what poker was, I'm like, hey, <laughs> next. <laughs> That's another one of the uh, dialogue sequences that is uh, up here. Permanently. Yeah. Him talking with the Comanche. Um, and I was just going to say, kind of to what you were saying there, Brendan, about uh, 
you know, how the, the representation of the culture. Um, I don't know much about this director uh, at all, but I, you know, we, we've talked a lot about like lived in worlds and whatnot. David McKenzie. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, I think his representation of not even the American South, but just poverty West Texas is one of the most, like, I, I would put it on par with uh, what's done in City of God. Like, I think it is an immaculate representation of what it is to be there. Um, with every, even the goofy things, like the uh, the waitress. Like, there's there's not an ounce of my being that's not like, that restaurant exists. Yeah, that that's, that's, some, so, that's, that's somebody's somewhere. lived experience that they're like, I'm putting this in. Because it's so yeah. weird. Like, why would you write that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i i thought that had like exponentially more personality than the montages yeah like, I, I thought that i thought that brought way more life to the regions than country music and landscape shots and i didn't i don't even mind that but they just did it too many times for me to that's fair to, like i wonder i wonder how long the movie is if you take all that out and not too much shorter. I was gonna say maybe an hour thirty. At that yeah, point. it might take a. It might take out like a couple minutes, mm. but because I, sometimes I think about that, like whenever I see something like repeated a lot in the in a movie, is that just to hit the runtime? You know, like, yeah. How how essential it wasn't. Is this? I I did like the pacing. Like it was a short and sweet little treat. <laughs> like it it was it was really like most westerns tend to drag. They they tend to at least take up two hours. And this was what, like a hour forty, one hundred and two minutes. So yeah, pretty much an hour forty. Yeah. Um, I, I I love that length of a movie. Love that length. Yeah. Like you know, you get an extra ten minutes past uh, 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 a feature, like a, a ninety minute feature. You know, you get a little bit more. Yeah. To round out the edges, but it doesn't it doesn't keep you for 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 very long. Um, yeah. Which is great. I think that like you know, especially if we're talking about westerns and stuff, like you said. There's a lot of westerns that sometimes have like six or seven like side stories going on, and it's like, hey, I don't give, I don't care this much. Like, <laughs> let, let's like every every character doesn't need like a full arc; they just need to be fully present. And I think that this movie understands that completely. That like his ex-wife and his son, and. You know, there's a lot of people in this movie that don't need an arc. They just need to be fully present in the world. They just need to have aspects to themselves that make them feel real and and like they're living in this world and not, you know, cardboard cutouts brought out for this scene and then put away in a nice closet somewhere. Because that's what I think a lot of movies get, you know, get, get wrong with, with their scripts and, and things like that is that characters feel like they just come out to talk to the protagonist and then go away yeah that never felt like the case here which yeah i, I thought they were super great at building the world like I, I don't think it's and it's a very different movie but i mean with the city of god comparison i don't think it's as good as that as like dropping you in the world but it sure gives you as close to a glimpse of, well it's a, it at least looks like what i imagine it is you know? i think this is the closest you could get while still casting hollywood actors yeah because like yeah i mean you're never going to beat city of god basically tricking you 
Um, you know, like, yeah, you're not going to be able to get that when you have Chris Pine from Princess Diaries 2 staring at you, <laughs> you know, staring yeah. at you with them baby blue I know, eyes, you, you, baby. You, you know, they're unfortunately, he's a very good actor and very well known. So it's hard for him to sink completely into a character, um, at least to someone who is a fan of his work um and same thing for jeff bridges like that i mean basically i mean jeff bridges showed up and was like i'm gonna be jeff bridges here yeah <laughs> that that is an that is an interesting person but i hope you know what you're paying for this is just gonna be me jeff bridges um <laughs> you know and like yeah obviously that has uh, an aspect to it but like i mean if they had decided to shoot this a little bit more uh i don't know handy cam documentary style and gotten more unknown people to be in it then yeah i mean probably could have probably could have convinced me <laughs> yeah honestly that i think chris pine is the only person who really stuck out to me i thought everybody else blended in really well chris pine was just like i don't know chris pine he just just the most un, un, he looked the most hollywood out of that book. he's a little too handsome he's, for this role he's so handsome in this movie like <laughs> I, I, they should have like fucked his hair up or something no that was i or was gave him a scraggly beard his like after three o'clock shadow with the big mustache he's way too handsome and like his hair is always the collared shirt that's almost completely unbuttoned you're like god damn yeah god damn <laughs> give him scraggly beard and bad yeah, clothes you're, you're, you're walking you, around like this <laughs> I do like that they played into that, though, in that he's always being hit on, yeah. at the very least. Um, no, yeah, that the movie yeah. acknowledges that he's unbelievably attractive. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, The man who looks like Zeus, he was in here, is that right? <laughs> um, what? Yeah, there was uh, there, another actor that... Uh, uh, pulled me out. I don't remember... Oh, I don't remember her name, but the bank teller... When he goes in and robs the store by himself, I'm not store oh. the bank by himself. Uh, I didn't. Re- she I didn't is she is a, a major character in uh, FX's Legion, uh, the television show mm-hmm. about the X Men character. <laughs> and I had just finished rewatching that show, so when she popped up, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's it's no. Carrie Loudermilk." <laughs> No, she she was super cute, but she kind of just looked like a hometown girl kind of. Yeah, no, I mean, like she fit I, she fit I, I the movie. Just, I didn't she fit, if if yeah. I had not seen that show, I wouldn't think anything <laughs> if of you it. Hadn't but watch the hit show Legion. Then... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, good casting. Yeah. I mean, I, I have nothing else to really say about any particular part of it. I mean, it's just a really good movie. Yeah, I. I the only other thing I would say is I thought the the shootout at the end was awesome yeah like i thought it was i thought it was really well hey i love the i love the fact that they get chased out of town by a posse i think that's yeah that i think that's awesome and the the whole shootout at the bank like just the idea of if you get enough people from texas in one spot several of them are gonna have guns (laughs) on their person and that that did play into it that was a good payoff and then also the payoff of him just always brandishing his gun case but you never quite see what he's got and then he brings out an assault rifle with a red dot scope and everything else. He just comes out. I know there's a, there's there's some like, like wow. There's some classic Django in that. Or it's just like you yeah, have this like, case for the whole movie. You're like, what the fuck is in that? And then it's like the thing no one else has. <laughs> That's what's in it. And then, and then <laughs> that 
that took that character to another level for me because he always seemed unhinged. But when he brings out something like that, you're like, okay, this is a genuinely unhinged bad like villain. Like this, this guy is capable of committing crimes. That's it uh, felt like GTA in that fight where she oh, like that. Absolutely, <laughs> it, this is a GTA five star <laughs> mission right now. Like that, that is what's happening. That's the thing that I really picked up on this time, you know, cause when I think back on this movie and I think about the older brother, uh, I'm always like, Oh, wasn't that such a fun character? Cause he's so delightful for most of the movie. Yeah. Um, he's like cantankerous, but he's likable yeah. still. No, like, like we were talking about the, you'd think there were ten of me or like the, uh, when, when they leave the gas station, he's like, I asked for yeah. Dr. Pepper. This is, uh, yeah. this is, uh, <laughs> who drinks Dr. Pip? It's <laughs> Mr. Pip. Only assholes drink Mr. Pip. <laughs> you know, like I always think back about how charming he was, but, uh, this time around when it's the first bank robbery and he hits the owner of the bank, uh, square in the nose, uh, like I let out a audible, like, ah, like, you know, and then that really kind of changed the perspective of him the entire movie. I was like, oh, wait, I remember how this ends. This, this is a bad guy. Yeah, this is, this is, this is a guy who's being reined in by his brother. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 again, I love that shootout just the same. And then, the Jeff Bridges afterwards when he's like, no, you, you let that dog loose. You, you knew what he was capable of and you, you the, their blood is on your hands because of this. He didn't plan this. Um, so yeah, no, just saying uh, on the shootout as well, just the, the enjoyment he gets out of that, you know, it really, it, ch- it changed the way I remembered the character for sure. I mean, yeah. Very Joker-esque. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely <laughs> that's actually a really great point you know i feel like we're gonna laugh that off but i really want to say that's a great point <laughs> uh, that that is i'm i'm spent though that's the yeah i mean I it's on, so. it's 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 one of those movies where it's just like hey this one's pretty much perfect i'll do one more in Ooh, there you're on that level i i love this movie i don't Oh, I know. I that, don't see much. I don't see much perfect? issue in terms of modern westerns, like and not mo- not just westerns made to take place in modern times, but western movies made in the past like fifteen years. This one does not miss to me. Like you can watch something like Bone Tomahawk and be like, "The fuck? Why did you? Why did you make this?" <laughs> and be confused the entire time because it's an absolutely disgusting movie. Um. But like this movie is it it is so clear what it wants to do. It does it perfectly. It doesn't, you know, at least to me it doesn't like spend too much on any particular aspect and I just there I I'm always like a part of that community living through the events as they're happening. Yeah. Kyle, I cut you off. Oh yeah, no, I was I I just had a tidbit. That's probably a better point to end on. But I was just gonna say I think Chris Pine's best acting is when he has a mask on in this movie. Um, the I I, I think the like genuine Hugo fear Weaving. you can see in his eyes. What'd you say? Like Hugo Weaving. 
I, you know, they say it's harder to act in a mask, but let's look at a few roles. We got Chris Pine in this, Hugo Weaving in V for Vendetta, uh, Tom Hardy in uh, Rise of the Dark Knight. Or, Jim Carrey in the mask. <laughs> Jim Carrey in the mask. And, and who can forget Chris Pine in Spider-Man? Chris Pine in Spider-Man. <laughs> um, or the guy who's playing Chris Pine it's in Wonder Woman Alex, 1984. Alex, it's, it's, um, it's Into the Spider-Verse that he was Spider-Man? He's the normal Peter Parker. Yeah, he's the blonde one. Yeah, he's Peter Parker A. Oh. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, that's all just to say, uh, I, like, as we talked about Chris Pine, it's hard to believe him. It's not because his acting is bad. No, it's because he's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's a 10 out of 10. He's an Adonis. Sculpted like, you're just looking at him like, what the fuck? <laughs> How did someone you not discover you? And this handsome. Why are you Robbie? <laughs> you been you could be out. a Calvin Klein model. Like what? What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's all I got. Yeah, uh, I say we move into final thoughts and then we uh, do the old vote. We'll do it. Um. Yeah, for me, I, I thought this movie was great. I'm glad I finally got around to seeing it. It's one I've had kind of on my radar since uh, since that 2017 Oscars. I just thought it looked really interesting. And it lived up to the expectations I had. Um, the only things were just like really, I thought, purely aesthetic montage sequences. That That's the only thing that stuck out to me that I just thought it was a little cheesy, uh, a little ham-fisted in, and, and, and like the poker sequence. But... I mean, besides that, I mean, we have great characters that are really brought to life by great actors and great performances, and the aesthetic and color palette all mesh so well with the story they're trying to tell. So it, it, it's one that sticks with me. It's I don't know that I would necessarily get anything new on a, on a rewatch. I don't know if you feel differently, Brendan, but um, I definitely wouldn't be opposed. I mean, it's so short and sweet, that, and I enjoyed it so much that I would I would definitely be willing to watch it again but yeah great movie oh my god <laughs> alex you did it um <laughs> uh, yeah uh i feel like i already gave my closing thoughts throughout this whole conversation just a, a high quality movie everyone brings their a game both in front of and behind the camera and it's just it's it's the exposition the writing the characterization i've never seen better it is it absolutely excels in all those fronts oh, that's a big and scene <laughs> oh this was a performance <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i also pretty much put my thoughts out there i I love this movie. Uh, let's start making more westerns. You know, I'm ready to start bringing those back. I'm, I love them. I think em. we've taken enough of a break. You know, uh, I mean, we're getting. You know, we'll get some bad ones, but oh, yeah, sure. No, it's a, it's a, it's a fun little genre. You get to tell some wonderful stories. Uh, I love what this has to say about poverty uh, and just uh, you know that kind of culture that exists. Banks. Um, banks. Yeah. Um, Great movie. Big fan. Would recommend it to pretty much anyone. Uh, and then I'll, uh, I'll close out with uh, an answer to Ryan's question. Is there 
do I find there to be rewatchability in this and this film? Absolutely. Uh, I was gonna say more like, do you get more out of it? Do I do I get more out of it? Um, yes. To me, to okay. to me at least, I, I get more out of it. Uh, just because I don't know. Um, maybe it's because we're we're all young. We're all young here. Well, we're a bunch of young boys. Um. And I feel like the more <laughs> the more experience you have in the world dealing with the things that these characters are dealing with and brushing up against the sort of brambles of life that they have been so beset upon. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it stuff hits harder. <laughs> you know, when the first time you watch this movie is in college, you're not really thinking about what it's like to be, you know, a, a, a 44 year old waitress. But once you start living your own life and, you know, getting in your routines and having to figure out how much money you're putting away for things that you need and stuff, you know, like the stress of a lot of the characters, that's just baked into their poverty becomes something much more relatable and much more affecting. And I, and as the world sort of, skews darker and darker yeah watching this movie feels more prescient uh each time and i feel like every everything hits a little bit harder yeah What's I, that? I could definitely, well, could definitely see that yeah well i like the movie let's get down <laughs> <laughs> uh all right let's get down to it I'll go first. Um, I think I'm going to lose this one, gang. But uh, it's a loss I'm happy to have. Because, uh, like I said, I I love Heller Highwater. Uh, I, it's not in my top 16. I can say that firmly. Um, but, what do you call it? Um, it's It's... I think Alex said it really well. It is just so well made. Um, you know, like, there's there's not a squeaky axle or anything on this. It's, it, besides maybe the montages, which I kind of agree with now that you say it, Ryan. Um, but, I mean, like, I can live with that for what this creates, ultimately. Um, to me, like I said, V for Vendetta is just a much more important movie to me. Uh, I think... You know, both these are expressing ideas about fairly high concepts. Uh, one does so with immaculate subtlety, and one does so uh, with a sledgehammer attached to a bazooka. Um, and for me, you know, I'm I'm fine with getting hit over the head. That 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 works. I like it. I like it. Yeah, you're just like Natalie Portman. You like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Makes you stronger. Now you live with no fear. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, it's not that I like the ideas V for Vendetta talks about more. I think both talk about equally important ideas, but uh, I just like the way V for Vendetta does it more. You know, maybe that's because it's a more fun movie. Uh, maybe it's uh because of that overhandedness and the kind of sequences they do to show that but yeah i uh up against pretty much anything else 
probably is going to be hell or high water for me. But since it is V for Vendetta, my vote's going to go to V for Vendetta. Very nice. I feel like you got good timed a little bit. Because I had Tron up against good time, and it's like, I love good time, but I got to vote for Tron. You know, I got yeah, I got to no, show up for my boy. If I don't show up, yeah, I'm going to show up. Uh, this is my fella. I gotta be here. Yeah. Uh, how could I? How could I look him in the eye? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think it goes without saying that I obviously enjoy this movie a lot more than V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta's funnier. Like in terms of like, it's funny to text someone. Remember, remember the fifth of November. Like, there's nothing that I would text Kyle about in Hell or High Water. Um, I'd also like to mention the fact that uh, Hell or High Water. They say hell or high water in the movie they do, and they you're do. like oh shit <laughs> that's where they got the title from <laughs> uh and that's just great that's just that's called great movie making um <laughs> so with that i do have to on that alone i have to give it to hell or high water that's where my vote's going yeah v says vendetta he just doesn't say it's v for vendetta. i think he says it in italian I- so that kind of counts Says it's me, V for Vendetta. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, um, you want to go ahead? Yeah, I'll go next. Man, it's a little disappointing. I after I finished watching Heller High Water today, I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna vote for V for Vendetta, and my reasons were V for Vendetta is a much more rewatchable movie. It's a much more fun movie i i've learned that i'm not even though i really like no country for old men in this movie it's not my kind of movie i don't like like i'm not attracted to the feeling i get at the end of the movie where i'm just left in this intermediate what, what are you doing satisfied right and unsatisfied what the fuck is your goddamn problem are, are let you him finish kyle this? shush i'm gonna mute your mic for this part <laughs> um so yeah i was going in here Ready to vote for V for Vendetta. And honestly, this discussion of Hell or High Water kind of made me like the movie more. And I'm very conflicted right now. Because I- I'm not going to mess around. V-, v for Vendetta is the is the worst movie. Right? Obviously, Hell or High Water is just such a well-made film. But I th- I'm just... I don't know which one I liked more. So you know what? Ryan, you, you go ahead and give your thoughts, and I'm going to mull over it for next extra okay, I'm going to punch you in the goddamn nose. <laughs> no. no, Alex, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I, I was coming in thinking I was doing V for Vendetta as well, but talking about it, no, I, I am doing Hell or High Water, because in, in hindsight and like talking about it, there were just things that I thought were sillier and bothered me more about V for Vendetta. And like Hell or High Water, it didn't really... It didn't really like pop out to me at first, um, but like mulling it over throughout the week and uh, talking about it and everything, there's just it, it's just so well made, and I, I truly I do think it's just a better movie for me and in, in general. Um, I I think it's uh, tonally very consistent and it's just super well shot. The action sequences are great and everything, and I I think it's just a bar above, honestly, than V for Vendetta and. I really liked V for Vendetta, but it just had things I thought were just kind of ridiculous. And while that that world or comic book world would have you believe that, it also has a lot of like really serious stuff. So I, I think it could have, I, I think it could have done better. Um, there there were things that I think could have been done better. So 
yeah, overall, my, my vote has to go to Hell or High Water. I thought it was, I, I just thought it was great. Well, Kyle, I guess it doesn't really matter what I vote for. That's <laughs> pretty sure Hell or High Water <laughs> beats it on most ratings. But you know what? It truly is a coin toss for me. So I'm just going to pick V for Vendetta. Nah, That's don't my do pick. that. Pick Hell or High Water. No, no, because it really is 50 50. <laughs> well, then don't and pick. Abstain. Don't. No, no, don't because then pity, if man, I'm rating John, it on. Don't give him a hope. Right now. It's not pity. Listen, if obviously we have to rewatch this move, whoever wins this, and if I'm going on rewatchability, V for Vendetta wins that. I would much rather watch V for Vendetta than Hell or High Water. So there's, I vote for V. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right, who won? Uh, Well, do you know? I know the ratings off the top of my head. Um, Oh, I don't. V for Vendetta has a three point eight on Letterboxd. Hell or High Water has a 3.9. Oh, it's that close? Yeah, it's that close. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it, Kyle. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> Hell or High Water has a criminally low Doesn't rating. it? It is weirdly low. Yeah. Kyle? Kyle? <laughs> oh my god, this is killing Alex. Alex <laughs> just choked on his water. Oh no. Kyle, how does it feel to be such a loser? <laughs> And you know what? You can say that because I'm officially negative, gang. <laughs> I I cannot go positive anymore. Uh, uh, that's what I oh wanted, Kyle. I was thinking this, and I was like, I I know it's close because of the types of movies, like how each movie kind of speaks to us in a different way. But I was like, I gotta I gotta win this one. I I officially my twelve through sixteen have been knocked out i just love the idea that you were like yeah i really want to do this i really want to do this like podcast and then you just lose it shut up i'm having a great time i'm having a great time (laughs) you uh, just get the shit kicked out of you so hard if every movie was like copperfield or hudsucker i probably would have dropped out by now but there has been some mutual (laughs) respect so i'm still in i'm still in emotionally okay Uh, as far as winning uh i am not I, I am. I am not. That is not happening. Will not. Well, you could still win it all. Green, the Green Mile Sweep. <laughs> At least with yeah, the with Green Mile, the one thing that went forward. <laughs> I swear. To God. I, I, oh my goodness. Um, no, I, I again. This was a very fair loss. I, I, Hell or High Water is undeniably a better movie. So you know that uh i am a little heartbroken to hear that both of you were thinking of v for vendetta and then didn't give me the pity hand job at that point because i mean come on i need something <laughs> gang i'm hanging on by a thread but that's fine that's fine uh, that, uh, that, was, that was my gut instinct was v for vendetta but yeah mulling about it I, I think hell or high water just has a lot more merit for me yeah so undeniably so. all right let's let's roll them bones roll them bones right. baby so we get a die roll of one to 13 all right God damn it! God, I'm, God damn it! God damn it! God damn it! God, don't yell, please. I'm sorry. That's very loud. I'm sorry. Um, I got headphones on. We got uh, number Kyle versus someone. Num- yeah, number fifteen seed Spirited Away against number two seed The Prestige. Kyle. Hey, Kyle. A Kyle versus Alex. Kyle, did you appreciate the one week that you had off? I had two. 
Oh, did you? I had two weeks off. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry for yelling. Kyle, when did we face each other? Last? Oh, you've been kicking my ass around for a couple of weeks now. Uh, you beat me on HUD. You beat me on Aviator. Spiritually. Emotionally. Yeah. Physically. Was, physically. <laughs> Than it was. Well, I, I think it, I think it's just it's one. just really shown how bad of an idea it was to ha- have those loaded die made up so that you'd get to go every week. <laughs> Here's the thing, Kyle. I I love both of these movies, and you know, Spirited Away has this reputation obviously behind it, but it's my number fifteen. Okay, you know, I'm I'm a Nolan boy. I love that man, and I love the films he makes. So I think this is closer than you think. Who knows? Tune yeah, and next Kyle, time and just remember, out, no matter what, like you can't win it. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we already cut your limbs. Yeah, off. like you're like, in the you're negative. Just, you're just here to talk. I am. You're right. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, what empty and become so, wind, Kyle? You know, let go your earthly possessions. Well, so here's the problem, right? Um, <laughs> Brendan's going to pick Spirited Away. Hey! Uh, you don't know me. Ryan had a cure on his list, so he's going to pick Spirited Away. <laughs> you don't know that. Yeah, you don't. I don't know that. You're, you're I gotta, so... I gotta, you, still got to watch Kyle, I, I feel like you, I have lost respect for you, Kyle. We have had so many conversations about the prestige. We've argued oh, about the about the prestige. We've yelled at our at our friend Christian about the prestige for hours. You know how much I like that movie. I know you do. I know does, you do. And does Christian think the ending is stupid? He thinks I, he, used to, he thinks things is what he thinks. Yeah. Not thoughts, yeah, he, he, he thinks had, things. He had the single worst <laughs> take on this movie. Um, but yeah, like, like if I liked Spirited Away so much, why didn't I put it on my list? That's fair. Like, come fair. on, come on. Uh, okay, I'll give you, I'll give you credit where credit is due. Um, anyway, I, audience, I can't tie. I cannot. As has been referenced, Spirited Away is the ninth highest reviewed movie on Letterboxd, so. But hold up, hold up. He can't tie, but he could still win. He could still win it all. As I, I was talking to Brendan the other day, it's it's very hard to win 75% of the vote. <laughs> Kino. <laughs> so, that being said, see you in the loser's circle. <laughs> we'll, have a, we'll have a new bracket, bracket just for you. <laughs> we should do double elimination on this. I was thinking, I think I would probably clean up double elimination. No, that's so many movies. <laughs> Just saying. Um, right. yeah. Well, I think uh, I think I we're good. This. I have a great time. I'm really happy uh, that we're doing this. So yeah, that's my piece. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>